In a world where best laid plans go astray, there are two separate but equally important groups. Those who create history with their stupidity and the shit show podcast that covers them. These are their stories. Welcome to Shit Show for yeah. another week. That was so faint. Oh my god. I hate I hate the fact that oh wait. I almost want to redo that. Yeah, let's do it again. Okay. Well, <laughs> Yeah, it's keep way going. Too, way too sensitive. No, nah, no, nah, that's it. That's it. There's no going back. Th- that's it. We only get two rip, runs rip, of this. Rip, rip, rip. <laughs> Welcome to Shit Show. Yes, finally got it to work. Technology. And for those of you wondering, our funding just came through, so we spent all of it on Riggs' earphone app. That's uh, two ninety nine. No, it was a dollar forty nine on sale. iTunes Store. Get around that. All right. Well. What are we listening to? What are, are you listening to? <clears throat> Should we have another run at this? Welcome to Shit Show. <laughs> uh, w- welcome to Shit Show, the uh, podcast that tracks the best laid plans of mice and men that have gone hilariously off the rails, uh, be, there, be they well-intentioned or not. Uh, thanks for joining us again for another episode. It's been a wild ride so far, and it's only getting wilder. Gus is going to have the... Segments this week, um, therefore I will have the the larger piece. The we're, media we're, part. We're, yeah, we're we're coming off the back of the double deluxe, <laughs> double stuffed <laughs> Oreo edition uh, of the cast. The uh, deep the deep fried Mars deep fried Mars bar that uh, that was a jar rule Billy McFarland uh, yeah. shit fest. Yeah, ab- absolutely. Uh, which I heard they're going with that name for next year's fire festival. Shit fest, fest. twenty eighteen. <laughs> Because you know you want it. Because <laughs> you deserve it. Uh, so, um, you'll be taking the segments this week. And the first cab off the rank is, of course, the Trainwreck Trophy, uh, where Gus plus Trainwreck in the internet equals laughs for me and you. I was I was wondering why we didn't uh, go with Gus Plus as the name of our, uh, our podcast. And, uh, and I, I still wonder, but... I'm going to dive straight into Trainwreck Trophy. Can't believe you just gave away your app idea on this podcast. Well, it's a dollar forty nine. Mm. It's just an air horn. Uh, <laughs> so the first train uh, train wreck uh, departing the station is uh, the website Ashley Madison. Yep. So uh, you'd be familiar with uh, the the cheaters whoa, website. Whoa, whoa, no. <laughs> All right, so Riggs uh, spent a fair <laughs> bit of time overseas in uh, non-English speaking uh, and uh, internet sensitive countries. So uh, I'm going to bring him up to speed. Ashley Madison, mm. if you want to cheat and you're you're married, then you go to this site. Mm. I read that because I had to do research for this show. Otherwise, I wouldn't know. Anyway, so nothing to worry about, Katie. Promise. <laughs> nice uh, save. Ashley Madison basically uh, had a huge issue when uh, they got hacked in 2015, and the hackers who uh, were yes. who were who were uh, hackers of the people released the email addresses and names of mm-hmm. their entire database. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Which they should, cause dead set the guys on there are scum. Yeah, absolutely. So they've risen like. A horrible philandering phoenix from the ashes, <laughs> <laughs> and a back in business. And uh, this is what they what they had to say for themselves uh, in an article that, that's entitled uh, "Ashley Madison's Creators Are a Dead Set Train Wreck." <laughs> <laughs> so, uh, according to the site's vice president of communications, Paul Keeble, the security breach has not been bothering the twelve thousand people in Australia who've been signing up every month which have created about 17,000 unique connections. 
12,000 a month. 12,000 a month. Jesus. How's this quote? We've done search research and found the terms have an affair in quotation marks have continued to peak in Australia over the last couple of years. If you are typing have an affair <laughs> into, into Google. Google, you are busted. Like, yeah. just just tell your spouse now, let them know, because the writing's on the wall. You'd actually, That's the dumbest I, thing I've ever I heard. I feel like a lot of people would, like, would be more comfortable looking in the Google search history and seeing horse porn than they, <laughs> than they would be seeing have an affair in Google. It's It's... So insulting to both uh, the sanctity of marriage and also just the general intelligence of humans <laughs> that you would Google have an affair like it's build a go kart or it's like, I mean it's make it's, a pina colada. It's like uh, when when old people uh, try to do a search on Google and it's suddenly a they Facebook go on the status update. Oh, uh, that, that's the greatest. Oh man. So uh, so that's the first one. Ashley yeah. Madison uh, <laughs> and Ashley Madison's uh, you. Users appear to all be train wrecks. Uh, Christ. The second one is uh, the Irish Herald. Okay. So they wanted to feature a story about uh, Man United's new player, uh, whose name is Romelu Lukaku. Oh, yeah. Yep. Uh, famous footballer. Yep. Worth a lot of money. Mm-hmm. So they uh, – and he's, he's recently changed from – Everton to Man U, I think. Jeez, is that Everton that long? Yeah, no, he was there for years. Yep, so he's he's now with Man U. This is based completely on my knowledge of FIFA, FIFA 10 yep, and totally. FIFA 14, the only two titles that I've ever owned. Perfect. Uh, these guys run with that story, but instead of uh, printing the photo of Remulu uh, Lukaku, who is a dark-skinned man, mm-hmm. uh, they instead print a picture uh, of... Grime artist Stormzy, who happens to be wearing a Man United top, and someone in the editing department has just let this one go straight through to the keeper. Oh, no. He just, and he also is a dark skinned man. So, yep. yep. Irish Herald, you racist fucks. Christ almighty. So that's the second train wreck. Yeah. Uh, and, and I don't even need to show you all of the examples of the word train wreck in this article because mm-hmm. the entire thing uh, is entitled Irish Herald train wreck print Lukaku Man United story on back page, but it's not him. Train wreck. <laughs> <laughs> so they really <laughs> ham-fisted into the, into the headline. Uh, the third train wreck uh, that is chugging its way out of uh, <laughs> out of the station, uh, all laden with uh, fan, i.e. me, <laughs> is recently fired White House staffer Anthony Scaramucci. The moosh! <laughs> okay. <laughs> I know that a lot of people are across this, but I just wanted to put all of the quotes in one spot. <laughs> okay. So for someone who's supposed to be... Uh, uh, bringing some peace to a dysfunctional White House. He's done pretty much the opposite. He manages to call it a sinking ship. Uh, he accuses Trump Chief of Staff Reince Priebus of a cock block oh my God. for opposing his own ascension while inaccurately leaking information to the press. Uh, he also trashed nihilistic, unkempt uh, Chief Alternative Universe uh, strategist Steve Bannon for trying to suck his own cock. Uh, he calls Reince a fucking paranoid schizophrenic or a paranoiac. <laughs> uh, and, and finally, in what is the most childish thing that has happened in politics, in what is actually a very childish landscape, 
his nickname for Ryan's Bribus was Ryan's Penis for the entire time that he was in office. Uh, and he, he literally lasted 10 days. What? <laughs> Scaramucci <laughs> lasted 10 days. Oh, and not a, not Scaramucci, a, Scaramucci really do the fan go. Not only that, but his official start date in the role actually wasn't until the 15th of August, which means that he was fired before, before the job had started. Ah, <laughs> oh, that is insanity. Yep. So those are your three choices. You've got... Ashley Madison, where everybody Googles, have an affair when yep. they try. That's what they've search engine optimized for. <laughs> Second, the Irish Herald, who just printed a photo of any black guy when they were trying to write a story. <laughs> Joe Black Guy into the Google. Third one is 10-day uh, White House staffer Anthony Mooch Scaramucci, <laughs> who, who has the gutterest mouth. Ah, <laughs> uh, I can't, I can't go past a guy with a name like that, and who goes on like O'Doyle from the Billy Madison movies. <laughs> I gotta give it to the Mooch, yeah. And that's not technically a Trump win, but we're gonna give him one anyway. That's true. That's one more for the Trump administration. Put it up on the board. Cue music. Train wreck. Train wreck. Train Trophy. Delish, which means we move on to everyone's favourite segment. I literally had someone on the phone with me today who said they love this segment. Shout-outs to him. Ed Bodie, if you're listening, thank you so much for your support of this fantastic segment that we all in this room love. And, Gus, by, and, and by Ed Bodie, you mean you bought another mobile and you put the other one to your ear <laughs> and had a full conversation with Rig. I sure did. I am Ed Bodie. <laughs> Poo's in the news for the win. Even I couldn't pick a name that stupid. That's a real guy. Oh, I, uh, Joey, Joe, Joe, Joe. Joey, Joe, 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 Joe. So, Poo's in the news. Uh, you are so psyched to do this every week. I can't wait to see what you got for us this week. You've gone away. You've tried to find one of the uh, the torrent of, uh, of shit articles or poo articles uh, out there, and you've come back with the best one you could find. Please share with us your golden nugget. <sighs> okay. <laughs> I will, Rick. But I only will because I know that if I don't, then we leave a gaping hole in the schedule. That's the only and reason. And we're in breach of contract. <laughs> That's the only reason that I will continue to do this segment. Yeah. All right. We're heading back home, back to the UK. Yes. I knew it. Yep. You, you had a, you had a fear you when you walked... Ke- you can't keep a scoreboard for this segment. No, because it would just be like uh, the old Commonwealth Games where it was <laughs> UK, 730 medals, <laughs> Jamaica, no medal. Uh, all right. We're in Manchester. I'm not going to read the, the headline because it's the whole thing. Yeah. Manchester. A Manchester woman allegedly threatened to poop on an officer's <laughs> leg following a domestic <laughs> assault incident. Police responded to 70 Dover Street around 3.05am Monday after a complaint from a neighbour claiming the second floor tenants were fighting. The neighbour said he told the two people to quiet down, but instead the female yelled obscenities and allegedly threw several eggs at his car. <laughs> Take that, old man. We'll party as long as we want. <laughs> Upon arrival, Samuel Caraballo, 19, of 70 Dover Street, opened the door and became confrontational with one of the officers, police said. Caraballo backed away and Christina Roberts, 18, of Manchester, took his spot in the doorway. 
The officer noted Carabello walked towards a long gun located next to a bed as Roberts blocked the entrance into the apartment, police said. As Carabello allegedly reached for the gun, the officer pushed past Roberts as she grabbed at his jacket and attempted to prevent him from entering. The officer and Carabello struggled as the officer tried to grab the shotgun. Carabello allegedly kicked the officer in the chest before another officer uh, subdued Carabello with a stun gun. Police then placed Roberts into custody. Police say she placed her buttocks on an officer's leg and threatened to poop on the officer as they waited for the transport wagon. <laughs> she faces one count of simple assault, unprivileged physical contact with the officer and two counts of resisting arrest slash detention. Un- what was that? Unprivileged? Unprivileged physical contact. So if... <laughs> If you, uh, oh, and uh, I mean, the other guy is, is fucked. He's got oh, like yeah. felony level charges of yeah, criminal threatening, absolutely. unlawful It's not about him. Um, I don't care. No, uh, you think I'd give no. a shit about shotguns and poos in the news? Nope. So uh, here's the thing. Turns out that if you put your ass on a cop and say, I'm going to poop on you, yeah. that is a felony. And so <laughs> for all of you who've been writing in, yeah, we get it. We're addressing it now. Stop writing to us. It is a felony, apparently. You can't shit on a cop's leg or pretend to shit on a cop's leg. Stop sending us those smelly envelopes, too. <laughs> that is not fan mail. You, you weird Italian couple. <laughs> it's, it's unprivileged physical contact with an officer, and it carries a three-penalty point activation. Penalty Which, points? What is that? Is that like is that like what you have in your license? Yeah, she can't. But it, your life license? She's got ten points left on her shit license before <laughs> she's not allowed to shit on any more cops. <laughs> ten points left. Uh, anyway, so uh, so yeah, that is that is person news, uh, and it goes to Christina Roberts, uh, fantastic. eighteen of Manchester. Eighteen. Jeez, oh, they're, oh, they're oh, starting young. Not sure whether we were supposed to uh, give their actual address and names, but I guess we'll figure that out in court. <laughs> I don't care. It's public domain now. And moving on to our next segment, it is it is the one, the only one star reservoir. Q music. You, I want to take you to a one star. I want to take you to a one star. I want to take you to a one star, one star reservoir. Wow. Yes, it is the people's favorite. It is. The one-star reservoir. What uh, Gus has been doing is he's trawled the internet for the best one-star reviews. And by best, I definitely mean worst. But best for us and best for you listening at home or on the run or whatever the hell you do when you listen to this. Uh, and he's found the, the best or the best slash worst reviews that the internet has to offer. Gus, what do you have for us tonight, mate? Oh, this, this, is where, uh, this is where I really feel, feel like this, this week delivered. Uh, found a, uh, a dead set Aladdin's cave of reviews uh, when I was looking uh, two days ago. Mm, open sesame. Yep. It's, it's, it is literally just this, <laughs> this one group of hotels. And my God, <laughs> they are putrid. <laughs> First review. Horrible. <laughs> we stayed two nights on spring break. When we arrived, we were told we had a two-bedroom with a bathroom. We were, in fact, given a bunk bed in a glorified jail cell with a desk. (laughs) We had a community bathroom at the end of the hall where we discovered a condom on the sink. The roommate stole my friend's prescription pills out of his suitcase while we were on the beach. We heard our neighbours blasting techno music until 6 in the morning, and I do not trust the community showers to my bare feet. Do not ever stay here under any circumstances, please. 
<laughs> that's that's the first one, uh, which uh, which comes from nowhere else but New York City. Yeah, New York City. New York. That's all I can do of or, that song uh, before, or, we or, know, before we get sued. <laughs> or yeah, we've got six seconds of every segment. <laughs> yeah, uh, or Manfratten as we're calling it on the in this particular segment. All right, <laughs> no, second one. Dirtiest hotel imaginable. One star. <laughs> the most disgusting and creepy place imaginable. <laughs> Only place that had vacancies. Transvestite prostitute in lobby being paid by a man. Dirty sheets. <laughs> porn on the TV. Weird screams in the morning. <laughs> blood stains on plastic mattress covering. <laughs> yes, there they are. The blood. This was the most frightening experience. Seriously debated sleeping in Central Park instead. This is worse than anything I've ever seen on television. Feared for my life. <laughs> Sound like a bloody SVU opening scene. That's insane. Blood stains on the what? The fucking protector or on, something? On the on the plastic mattress protector. That, oh that's my God. that's when you know you're in nothing but kisses if fingers I... like a chef accommodation. <laughs> <laughs> if ah, uh, I just don't, like if I saw a plastic mattress protector, I'd be like, oh, we're you... checking out immediately. <laughs> but but you expect blood. Uh, I feel like <laughs> I feel like if you've got a plastic <laughs> mattress protector and it's not covered in blood, then you know it's some kind of Dexter scenario. Where I was literally. It's it's like, it's, it's like and the guys, the guys there to yeah. fuck you up. The guys there, yeah. All right, the third one. Horrid experience. Never stay there. <laughs> New York City. <laughs> I asked to speak to the manager after we were uh, not allowed into our room despite checking in at 5 p.m. They informed me Sid would be in shortly. <laughs> 36 hours later, I received a call back from an extremely defensive manager, Sid. I told him about how our shower and phone don't work, not even mentioning our other issues such as blood on the headboard <laughs> and, 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 a, and a toilet that still had feces in it when we checked in. Oh, the return of the blood on the headboard. When he furiously told me it's impossible, <laughs> I, I said we also didn't have running water and he said, there is no way you absolutely have water and he checked it already. I told him I had no reason to lie about any of this, that the room was a mere $65, including tax, and he continued yelling, you are my master and I am your slave. <laughs> Needless to say, we checked out shortly after. <laughs> oh, Sid just was not putting up with any shit that day. No. Nope. No, nothing like a sarcastic hotel manager to make your day. <laughs> you after are you, my master, and I have your slave. After you walk in, you find blood in the room, smeared all over the headboard, <laughs> and a shit in the toilet. <laughs> like, and also the water doesn't work, so you can't even flush the thing. So, how yeah. did he call Sid then if the phone didn't work? Uh, I, th- <laughs> I assume they called him off his mobile. Uh, sort of cup and string scenario. <laughs> I uh, took the time to eat two cans of beans <laughs> and threaded the string through. Reception said this was the only working phone in the building. <laughs> and that is the end of One Star Reservoir, which means it is time for the piece de resistance, the mm. meat in this particular uh, to duck and sandwich. 
which happens to be uh, Riggs Shit Show Story Time mm. or Spotlight. Yeah. Uh, and what have you got for us this week, buddy? Mate, it's uh, it's 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 a hell of a tale. Let me just say that. Uh, let's cast our minds back to places that we've literally never been. Good. Eighteen method. Forty-six. Oh, okay. America, the Wild West. Back so, in the back in so ba- Back to the Future three times. It is, yeah. So, eighteen forty-six. America uh, is still being expanded westward. Yep. Uh, so pioneers, early pioneers, uh, they they set out. Uh, en masse from a place called Independence, Missouri, to California. It's probably uh, the most American name apart from America Town, but yeah. Absolutely. Uh, Pleasantville, California. Yep. yep. Uh, so they all set out from Independence, Missouri to California. Uh, and this is all according to this philosophy, which you may have heard called Manifest Destiny, mm-hmm. uh, which is this idea that, that European Americans were essentially entitled to all lands in between the Pacific and Atlantic Ocean and it was some sort of divine right for them to settle it. I, d- I always find it weird, right? Like, I mean, look, we look back at that now and we're just like, simpletons. Like, who would ever think that? Yeah. But, like, what was the... You don't have claims. What was the chat there at the general store? Just like, so you were... Uh, you heard about this manifest destiny thing? <laughs> Turns out we're uh, supposed to settle all this land between the ocean. <laughs> That's so. It's it, it's like a it's like an early nineteenth century shotgun. Yeah, uh, but they've just they've called it. And no one else knows the rules, so they're I, like, I just don't, I, I just don't understand like how how that would have started. Oh, is that, huh? Manifested is that is that right? Hmm. Go back to dinner that night. So uh, some guy came into the store today. Uh, here this manifest destiny, and they start having this like <laughs> chat over a roast beef dinner. Well, I might take uh, I might take lunch, and then. Uh, after that, yeah, maybe we'll expand westward. I don't know. Like, I, mean, I just don't understand how it would have started. Like, it's just... it's. A, but, but hold on, just to clear this up. So, uh, is it individuals just annexing whatever the fuck they want? It's essentially... I don't know how this is spread to the point where everyone's just like, cool, guys. Uh, so, currently, this section of land is America. Yeah. Everything out there is just... F- we're free balling, so just it's a, it, you know it's it, it's monopoly. Like you've just started. You, you, you can, if you land on it, you can it's, buy it. It's risk. It's yep. a giant game of risk. Yep. And everyone's just like, go for it. Yeah. And so everyone seems to be on board with it. It's a manifest destiny, and then everyone's like, oh, manifest destiny makes makes sense to me. And white man taking all the land makes sense. Let's do it. Of course, it so makes that, sense. It's eighteen forty six. There is absolutely no actual obstacles apart from getting shot by your neighbor and uh, all illnesses ever. Well, they're the things that really fuck you up. We'll talk about some obstacles as this <laughs> thing goes on. So you got to move fast as well. You're only living to fifty. Yeah. I mean, that's the thing. Uh, but basically what happens is uh, a whole bunch of people are, are moving out out west yeah. uh, to Oregon and California. Oregon, the most racist place in the world. I don't know. I've been to Missouri, and that was probably the most racist place I've ever been to. Um, Oregon didn't allow uh, African-Americans or Asians to go there until 1945. Really nice trees, though. And lakes. Go on. Uh, so, <laughs> basically, uh, a staggered, a, like staggered party in nineteen uh, in eighteen forty six of about five hundred wagons uh, sets out from Independence, Missouri, headed for California. Yeah. Uh, this is in May. 
Uh, journey usually takes about four to six months. Uh, uh, take... I'll, I'll tell you who loves country music. 500 wagon drivers. <laughs> they are fucking all about it. <laughs> Yeah, uh, I don't know if that. I, I'm, I'm pretty sure they'd take re- like no one would know what to pack back then. It would just be like provisions would be like it's booze. Mm, it'd be banjo, yeah, booze, yeah, moonshine jars, <laughs> taxidermied squirrels, yeah, like yeah. just shit that you would never need. Spot on. They uh, they were all packing like every guy on a footy trip ever. It's yeah. Like, Oh, I only brought one pair of underpants, <laughs> but I have this moose head. Yeah, exactly. I, I brought these ceremonial antlers. Yeah, uh, one one boot and a Sharon. Yeah, it, it makes it makes no sense. Uh, but that that journey uh, from from the east to the west is something that usually takes about four to six months. Uh, back in those days, yeah. Uh, what they would do would uh, was to be that they would they would take this main trail, um, all of these wagons, uh, and then they would reach Fort Bridger in Black's Fork, Wyoming. So this large particular band uh, of people, yeah. um, they have taken. They are a band by this point. They are, yeah. So they uh, they have reached. They have reached Fort Bridger in Blacks Fork, Wyoming, uh, in July of 1846. Okay. Is at this point I need to tell you very briefly about a man that's very important to this story. His name is Lansford W. Hastings, uh, a ridiculous name that I assume was the John Smith of its time. Yeah. My son is also named Lansford. <laughs> that's rude. Uh, so this guy writes uh, a book the year before um, everyone gets going. Uh and it's called The Emigrant's Guide to Oregon and California. Now, in it, he suggests... <laughs> it's it, one page. It just says, don't come. <laughs> in it, he suggests that there's a route uh, that travellers could take that could shorten their trip by 560 kilometres by going through the Wasatch Mountains and over the Great Salt Lake Desert. Mm. Uh, he modestly calls it uh, the Hastings Cutoff. Yep. Uh, and goes advertising it the only way he knows how, sending old-timey junk mail via horse <laughs> uh, and promising uh, and promising oh. business to a bloke who runs a trading post near the start of the route. Yeah, nice. Yeah. Uh, I, I don't know what junk mail would look back at. <laughs> Come and take this trail. Doors, doors, doors. <laughs> I don't know. I, I don't 40 know. winks, 40-hour sale. <laughs> Save up to 40%. <laughs> Uh, it, it's amazing when a paper logs, logs, logs. <laughs> Build your cabins, big cabins, small cabins. It's, it's incredible because it's junk mail uh, advertising uh, a path. It's, it's advertising a trip. Yeah, it's, but it, there's no financial gain in there. It's it's a P and O ad uh, in yeah. 1846. It's yeah. not pelts, pelts, pelts. <laughs> um, but yeah, uh, so th- that's how he's advertising. Uh, I think just based off this couple of sentences that I've that I've read out, uh, this dude is, for lack of a better word, uh, shady as fuck. Um, uh, oh, most most junk mailers are now. Like after the events that I'm about to tell you, uh, a person involved uh, with what I'm about to tell you described Hastings as the Baron Munchausen of travellers. Fair. Comparing him to the fictional character that told tall tales like riding a cannonball yep. and flying to the moon, yeah. which we still have never done. <laughs> not getting sucked into that one. It's all fake. No, it's not. <laughs> it's, it's so real. It's so real. Uh, so anyway, they, they make it to Black's Fork, uh, Wyoming, uh, which I have just really tried to memorise because it's not called Black Forks. 
the huge group of wagons uh, splinters and uh, people start going different ways. Mm. A party of approximately 50 wagons, uh, consisting primarily of the reed. Still still many wagons. Still many wagons, like, yeah. That's... That's still a... It's still a tenth of That's still a hoedown of wagons. Yeah, absolutely. That's the collective noun, yeah. Yeah. Um, Of 50, yeah. Yeah, so a party of approximately 50 wagons... uh, A hoedown of 50 wagons. A hoedown of 50 wagons, sorry. Consisting primarily of the Reed and Donner families Mm. uh, receive said junk mail. Shit, uh, they've done well. From Hastings. Those two families are filling 50 wagons? <clears throat> yeah. Uh, well, it's primarily... There are other families, but those are the They're two... The big ones. Two, two main ones. Yep. Um, so they received the junk mail from Hastings advertising the route. It says, Hey, guys, uh, the Hastings cutoff is baller. Uh, just head to... <laughs> four- just head to Fort Bridger and I'll meet you there and guide you. It's a piece of piss. Yeah, it's, uh, it, it's a it's a picture of that's verbatim, uh, it, by the way. It's a, it's a picture of women at the time showing their ankle and people mm. lost their minds. What a whore! We're doing that. <laughs> so the party heads to the fort, uh, which is the trading post that I yep. uh, alluded to earlier, where the guy was getting the old kickbacks. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's run by a guy. Uh, unsurprisingly named Jim Bridger. Yep. Jim Bridger, Fort Bridger. Makes sense. This bloke seems on the level to the party, but really he's only looking out for number one. Uh, as more people will visit and buy stuff from his trading post if they take the Hastings cutoff. Gotcha. So it's so, definitely in so, his interest. So he, he just wants traffic. Yeah. And he's, look, I mean, he's he's also alleged to be in the possession of a letter written by a journalist by the name of Edward Bryant. Bryant had actually sussed out the Hastings cutoff one week before that band of 50 got there, the hoedown of 50, uh, and written a letter the, to the effect of, Nah, fuck this. Uh, there is there is no way in hell that wagons are navigating this terrain uh, and getting through this. Uh, and and he writes he writes that letter and he leaves it with Bridger, you know, under the guise of like be a good bloke uh, and hand this to these uh, families that that are coming up with wagons. Uh, and Bridger's like, yeah, no wackers, and then chucks it in the bin like a shit resume. Yeah. So Bridger hypes up uh, this Hastings cutoff, even after he's received the letter uh, and binned it. Uh, but he lets them know, uh, the, the party know, that, that Hastings is actually taking another group ahead of them so he can just, they can just follow up and catch up uh, going down the same route. Uh, James F. Reed, so he's one of the patriarchs of two of the main families, yep. uh, is like, guys, this is sick. Uh, let's take the cutoff. Uh, and everyone's just like... It's the 1846 Amazing Race. Yeah. You always take the shortcut. I mean, look, the attitude is pretty justified by the party because Reed wasn't the leader of, like, this party. (laughs) Okay. Uh, A a guy who who actually ran it... uh, was a guy by the name of George Donner, uh, mainly because he was charitable and good-natured and born in America. That's what you need. That's Real what you need. Leader. Yeah, people were super into that, even back then. Yep. Uh, well, they lived in a place called Independence. Yeah. Of course they did. Uh, they just didn't want a douchey businessman uh, like Reed was. Uh, however, like a fuckboy does to the CEO's hot assistant at the office Christmas party, he just wore them down. <laughs> Just wore them down until uh, they eventually accepted and they were like, all right, fuck it, let's go on this stupid cutoff. <sighs> so the party sets off. And within days, days of going on this trip, they're like, guys, this is fucked. <laughs> uh, parts of the route required men to fell trees and move boulders to make way for wagons. Uh, they all band together and they're like, look, should we just head back to the original trail or should we just keep going? 
uh, after common sense is shut down by old mate James Reed, yeah. the douchey businessman. Yeah, he's 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 here for a good time, not a long time. Absolutely, uh, they push on uh, and they cover about two point four kilometers a day, which is about a tenth of what they need to cover uh, in order to make this worthwhile. Uh, so on August 20th, it's been three weeks since they've departed. Mm. They reach the top of the Wasatch Mountains. Yep. Uh, and they have a look at the Great Salt Lake Desert ahead of them. But it still takes another two weeks to reach that, right? In this period, people are getting pissed, especially at Reed. Yeah. Uh, the food and the water is running low. Yep. Finally, they reach the Great Salt Lake Desert and it's exactly like it's advertised on the can. <laughs> It's great. It's a salt lake and it's hot as fuck. (laughs) There is absolutely nothing that you can't garner from the title. Absolutely. Uh, Oh, and according to a letter left behind by uh, old mate Lansford W. Hastings, uh, good good bloke. Yeah, it'll take uh, two days and two nights to cross it. That's shit when you've run out of food, drink, and songs. Also, they think. Oh. It's so damn hot that the moisture underneath the salt flats rise up and it forms like a like a bubblegum sort of mass, I guess, uh, that makes the wagons almost immobile. Uh, oxen and horses run away, driven mad by the thirst. With supplies, livestock and patients dwindling, fair to say that no one reckons that this is too fucking legit anymore. <laughs> When uh, when they when they get past the desert, uh, it takes them six days instead of two. It, it should also be noted that there is absolutely no point in them doing this. Yeah, so like, they they're only doing this. Well, to, okay, because it's manifest destiny. Well, I mean, oh, the, the entire trip. Yeah, yeah. totally. Like, the, but the, they the, they have no reason to the, do this. The reason to take the shortcut, the cutoff. I just don't get why they thought that. I think uh, it was just like so. If because YOLO, like he, that, that they, he's, <laughs> they, he's actually that's, that, that's what happens when you get normal people exploring. Here's here's something it's that dumb. I that I probably should have led with. Right? Imagine the the ridge of a camel's hump. Right? That's what the original trail, the Oregon Trail and the California Trail, looks like. Sure. To go east to west. Yeah. The Hastings Cutoff is like going under that hump. So that's the and then rejoins up with the trail, if that makes sense. So okay. you're kind of going more in a straight line rather than going up and down the camel's hump. Right. So that's that's the that's the the advantage or the benefit from taking this cutoff. Right. Okay. So so, so th- theoretically, you're not climbing a mountain. Uh, you're 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 kind of going in a str- y- y- you're going around a mountain. If you're looking in in two dimensions, yes. Sorry, I got really confused because there are a lot of mountains in this story. Yeah. Uh, uh, but basically, okay. I, I, I see. I see why they did it. But also, two point four k's a day. Uh, if you walked two point four k's in an hour hiking, you'd be pissed. Yeah. So two two point four kilometers a day, day with your taxidermy squirrels oh, yeah. and, and, and your and, wagons and, and full of banjos and morale is running low because Cotton Eye Joe has been played for the four hundred seventy fifth time. Played yeah. played like the wagon full of fiddles that they also took with them. Totally. Uh, so basically, they once they finally get through uh, the desert, they reach the other side and then they rejoin with the original trail. So they've gone underneath the camel's hump and they've gone back onto the main trail. Cool. Right? So they so they they're not in the camel anymore. They're not like going they haven't they've gone through the hump. They've and gone and yeah. they're on, and they're on the other they've side. They've skewed the hump. Yeah. 
So they've gone through uh, the the other side. So they rejoined the original trail and, and the, the clusterfuck that was the, the Hastings cutoff uh, has put them back by a month uh, with winter fast approaching. Yeah. So Reed uh, goes, righto, guys, uh, we've all lost stuff. By the way, it was mostly his family that lost stuff. Okay. Uh, let's set up a rationing system and send two guys... Uh, up ahead to the to the nearest place called Sutter's Fort uh, to pick up supplies and then come back and help us. Uh, so that's what they do, right? And then they tr- <laughs> and then that, that's what they trudge through. Uh, not long after, Reed fatally stabs a man to death. Uh, what uh, is it what? Classic Reedy. Uh, basically. <laughs> A lot of people that were in this wagon train, right, was not only the families, they had hired hands, people to help them transport. Sure. Uh, Sherpas. His hired, yeah. Desert Sherpas. His Sherpa. Teamsters is what they're actually called. Really? Yeah. That's awesome. So his Teamster gets in a fight with another Teamster. uh, That's what they do. They're Teamsters. He's like, stop fucking fucking with my Teamster. You ain't fucking with my Teamster. Uh, And then the guy's like, I fuck with whoever I want and like whips him. And he's like, cool. And then just shoots him like Indiana Jones style after that dude does the whip (laughs) shit. And, uh, but he doesn't shoot him. He he stabs him. Uh, Yeah. But Reed Reed doesn't kill a Teamster. No, he does. Oh. He he, kill, he kills another man's teamster. Oh right! So, I thought you meant that he that the other man stepped in. No, so the two teamsters were fighting each other. Gotcha. And then he's just like, so so Reed's like, no one fucks my teamster. Yeah, and then stabs uh, him. Stab, uh, stabby stab. Uh, but I feel like teamsters are born to fight. Like if you were, you'd think that you you called if you're called a teamster. It's like it's like if someone said, "Great rig." So. Uh, for the rest of your days, uh, you're going to be known as Fighty McFuck Fight. <laughs> you're definitely going to fight. Blood Fist McGraw. Yeah. I'd be like, wow. Yeah, that's what's going to happen. But they didn't. They had uh, fucking regular names like John Snyder, who was the dude that got stabbed to death. Yeah, but it, it, it really is just teams to number four. Yeah, in, in, in this uh, exorbitant production. Uh, so, classic Reedy. He's just stabbed a dude to death. Yep. Uh, so the punishment, uh, they're originally like, cause they're, cause they're past what's legally called the United States. Uh, everyone's like, uh, what do we do? Uh, do we, do we hang him? Do we whatever? And, just, uh, and then eventually, uh, after his wife pleads for leniency, they're just like, uh, okay, you're banished. So he's just like, <laughs> so he's like sick. So he takes a horse and he, he rides off into the, into the, the night. Into the bubblegum salt flats. But like his family is still there. So it's just him. What they were the ones that predominantly voted for him to be exiled. Uh, I mean, there were there were like five or six families. But, yeah. Um, but yeah. So he he gets exiled and he's 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 off. Stiff, the... stiff when your family are most of the vote. Yeah. And you get exiled. Definitely. Pre- Gotta be salty I'm pretty, about that. Pretty sure that's how politics works, though. <laughs> House of Cards. It's your, yeah, it's your own party. Um, but yeah, so he he rides off and he aims for Sutter's Fort as well, which was that that other fort um, off in the distance where people went to go and get provisions. Yeah. So, did, did you think about city slickers when you were researching this? No, I was not. I have not seen that movie. Oh uh, yeah. Okay. Well, listeners, if you've seen City Slickers and you've got the same mental image as me, then yeah, hit me up on Facebook because uh, we got we got to wrap fresh about this image. <laughs> so uh, things get worse for the remaining families that are left behind. Yeah. Grass. Billy Crystal's been exiled. and <laughs> Grass becomes lean uh, as they head into the colder months, leaving the oxen and the cattle to starve, uh, as well as be stolen by local Paiute Indians. Luckily, 
two of the, the two of the guys that were sent to Sutter's Fort come back with provisions uh, because the the families were going to need it. So, in order to get to California, they had to get through the Sierra Nevada Mountains, which is their final challenge mm. uh, in this fucked up game of risk that they're playing. <laughs> uh, so they. they, they just just for those playing at home, they've gone over a set of mountains, crossed a desert, uh, and now about to hit more mountains. Uh, so All in name of getting to Oregon. It, all, <laughs> oh, yeah. No, Welcome no, to California. Not uh, good. That's pretty much it. Uh, so they, um, they, they have to battle the Sierra Nevada and, and winter's creeping up. Uh, by this point, it's October, right? So they left in May. Yeah. <laughs> So it's October uh, and the group is dedicated to push through the mountains before the snows are expected in mid-November. Only the snows didn't come in early November. They came right fucking then and there. Ah! Uh, which, which Massive crap out. Yeah, which, which blocked the pathway uh, through the mountains. So everyone looks at each other and is like, well, we're fucked. Uh, yeah. We're, <laughs> we're going to have to stay here for the winter. So they set up two camps. Yep. Uh, one at a place called Truckee Lake and the other at, at a place called Alder Creek. Mm-hmm. Uh, cabins are constructed that are just awful. Yeah. Uh, they're, they're literally just shitty log cabins, dirt floors, uh, and their roofs are made of uh, ox hide. Good. So one, one star. It's yeah, highly unrecommend. Yeah, exactly right. Uh, it's it's worth sixty five dollars a night plus city tax. Uh, <laughs> if you thought that this was bad already, in the immortal words of Buckman Turner Overdrive, you ain't seen nothing yet. Uh, <laughs> By the time the camp is set up, very little food has remained from what the two blokes brought back in provisions. Uh, so the, the oxen begin to die. Uh, their carcasses become frozen and stacked like delicious beef pancakes. Yep. Uh, but they obviously don't make delicious beef pancakes with them. Desperation. Uh, desperation grew in the camp and, and diet soon consisted solely of ox hide, a.k.a. the stuff that they were yeah. uh, using as rugs yeah. uh, and their roofs. I think I see where this is going, but go on. Uh, and so they would take bits of ox, ox hide, like strips of it, uh, and it was boiled to create a disagreeable glue-like jelly. Okay. Mm. <laughs> That's the worst tripe ever. Yuck. Ox and horse bones were boiled repeatedly to make soup to the point that they became charred and just simply disintegrated. Uh, bit by bit, families would start eating strips of their rugs and their roofs uh, made out of ox hide. <laughs> Eventually, it's not, it's not sustainable. Nope. Uh, it's going to get a whole lot worse before it gets better. Uh, eventually, things became so dire that a party of 17 set off in snowshoes, hoping to reach uh, Bear Valley, which is the next kind of ranch town place, yeah. uh, to send a rescue party back for the rest of them. Uh, this particular mini event in our, in our story uh, has since been known as the Forlorn Hope so you know it's going to be successful. <laughs> it, uh, it it becomes apparent that no one knows how to camp in 12 foot of snow uh, or navigate the terrain. Yeah. So a few turn back after the first day uh, and uh, to, in, in horrible conditions uh, and, and due to, to everything that they're dealing with, blizzards, snowstorms, all the like. Oh, yeah, they're dead. Uh, by the third day, uh, most of them are snowblind. Yeah. Um, one of the men, Charles Tyler Stanton, who was a bit of a straggler, he just tells the group, hey, guys, uh, look, just leave me here and I'll, I'll, I'll catch up. Uh, I'll, I'll be fine. His remains were found a year later. Mm. Uh, the group 
becomes lost uh, and confused after two da- and after two days that the, the penny finally drops. Starving and desperate, uh, one of the men named Patrick Dolan uh, proposes that one of them die to feed the others. I knew this was going an in, animal, that, in that direction. An animal herder named Antonio uh, dies and is eaten, quickly followed by a man named Franklin Graves. Dolan himself starts ranting and becomes delusional in hypothermia. Strips, so they kill him. Strips off his clothes uh, and runs into the woods. Uh, he returns a little while later uh, and then dies. He's then eaten. Yeah. Uh, Lemuel Murphy dies next. The group strips the muscles and the organs of the deceased, dries oh. them out like, uh, like jerky, uh, and kind of keeps them for the trip ahead, making sure that, uh, making especially sure, because look, we're not savages to make sure that people aren't eating his or her relatives. So <laughs> just, just being polite. The soup spoon goes it's, on the left, the guys, butter knife on the right. Yeah. Also, do not eat your sister. Yeah, to- totally. Uh, so, the do- doll, uh, sorry, um, the human flesh soon runs out uh, that they have. Uh, and so they start eating their shoes made out of, you guessed it, ox hide. Oh, man. So, uh, two members of the party successfully hunt a deer. So, they're bringing a deer carcass back. Uh, but this guy... Yeah, because they have the power of 10 men. They've just eaten all their mates. Yeah. So, they've gone out. They kill a deer. They come back with this deer. And uh, someone has died in the interim. And, hey! and they're already eating him <laughs> when they come back to the camp. It's a deluxe meal. Yeah. Dead uh, set feast. Yeah. Uh, uh, these guys sucked at rationing, by the way. Yeah, really, they, really bad. Wasn't well, the guy who was like in a... charge of the rations got oh, banished. Yeah, he, he, he got banished. Uh, but wasn't this supposed to be a 17-day thing? It was, it was a 17... Uh, the, the entire trip. The entire trip is meant to... I mean, yeah, they're meant to get to the, the next town uh, or the next ranch uh, and, and get help and send a rescue party back um, with supplies. Uh and they just they got monumentally lost because they became snowblind and were walking around uh, and, and, and doing the, God knows what, eating in, each other. In the process, they ate four blokes and a deer. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, so a few more days. So what happens? It's happened to everyone. Yeah, I've been I've been at Threbo. Every, <laughs> ev- ev- everyone's been there. Yeah, right. You're, you're on the chairlift, you go for lunch at Cruiser, you eat a family, <laughs> then you go home. Absolutely, yeah. Have a bit of an apres ski, uh, and then that's it. Munch on Dave's foot. Yep. So a few more days go by before two men in the party are shot, killed, and consumed by the others. Uh, eventually, they find a ranch in a farming community uh, near Bear Valley. After all is said and done, 10 members of the original party of 17 die, uh, and it has taken them 33 days oh. to travel from Truckee Lake. What the fuck? Now, while this is all happening, we move back to James Reed, the old douchey businessman yeah. who, got, who was exiled. Yep. He reaches Sutter's Fort, which is that small, mm-hmm. uh, that, that place that the guys originally went for provisions and eventually forms a small search party to help bring the families down from Truckee Lake in and Alder Creek, which are yep. those two camps that they set up in order to get through the Sierra Nevada. So they set out on February 4. Uh, by the time the rescue party reaches the camps, it has been over four months that they've been up in those cabins. Yeah, you're, you're really not holding out a lot of hope. As the party neared where the cabins would be, uh, they began to shout. Only they couldn't see the cabins. All they could see was snow. Yeah. A woman appeared from a hole in the snow, stared at them and asked, are you men from California or do you come from heaven? 
all of the cabins had been buried yeah. in the snow. Okay. The remaining oxide roofs, if not eaten, had begun to rot and the smell had become overwhelming. 13 people were dead and many of those that were alive were emotionally unstable. George, uh. Do- George Donner, who is the patriarch of one of the other major families, after sustaining a small cut while repairing his wagon earlier on in the trip, he had, uh, his arm had become gangrenous up to the shoulder. 23 people were taken back by rescuers on this first, uh, first relief. But 21 remained and a second party would have to be sent back to retrieve them. When one of the rescued, rescued uh, made it safely to Bear Valley, he literally gorged himself to death <laughs> when he reached the food stores. <laughs> Augustus Gloop style. Yeah, yeah. Uh, the second rescue came on March 1. When they went to the camp in Alder Creek, one of the blokes was walking around casually as you like with a human leg. What the fuck is happening? When the rescuers called out. <laughs> so they've gone, hey, buddy, what uh, what do you got there? And he was like, huh? And then he just throws, he just throws the, the fucking leg into this hole in the snow. Later on, when they're surveying the place, uh, they find a half-eaten body of, uh, <laughs> of one of the people that was there. Uh, so And, and, and they, they obviously... None of, none of these guys get done for for no, cannibalism. No, because it's like it's it, like it's it's, it, it's, it's it, the free country. It, They're not in the to. US. Yeah. Uh, what else are you gonna do? A uh, a woman's feet had been burnt so badly uh, because they were frostbitten. Yeah, yeah. And yeah. in order to warm them up, you uh, put them in the fire. Put them in the fire. Just, she literally yeah. put her feet in, in the, the fire, fire and then dies. Yeah. Uh, she didn't die, but well, not from this, I don't think. But she literally couldn't feel it. Uh, so in an, and in, a, in another cabin, children were subsisting, uh, on their father's organs. Uh, that's the, that's the rule, kids. Yeah. You can't be eating your relatives. <laughs> that's we, a, we had, we had one, one rule. rule on this piece of shit expedition. Look, do we, not eat your fucking siblings said, or your family. Don't, you know, some things are maybe not going to go totally to plan, but when you have to eat someone because we've Look, totally fucked this up and the adults had no plan. Why didn't you eat, eat Jacob, the boy down the street? Yeah. You're not related. He's perfectly good meat. He I look, mean, he's he a perfectly tasty. good friend. So th- that's the second uh, relief that happens. Uh, they still left a, f- a few people there, uh, but a third and final rescue occurs on March the 14th where the last of the survivors were taken back to Bear Valley. Yeah. Just a little interesting event that happened afterwards. Uh, so all of them are kind of in this Bear Valley. Yeah, and it uh, turns out Bear Valley they... is run by actual bears. <laughs> by actual bears. Uh, so everyone is pretty shaken up. It's been a pretty interesting time. Uh, when they all convene at Bear Valley, a man, na- uh, a man named Keysberg uh, tells a guy named Eddie, look, man, uh, I'm sorry, uh, but I ate your son. Oh, uh, oh and that's a that's a real stiffer when you've gone through that sort of shit. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, you just I, I what thought does he, I, I, think is I, 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 I thought he was going to say he took my oxen. <laughs> he fucking ate my son. What the hell? Um, so Eddie said he goes, I am going to fucking murder you uh, if I <laughs> if I ever see you in California. Uh, he actually tried to go through with it when that when everyone kind of made it to California, yeah. uh, but ended up being dissuaded by uh, old douchey businessman Jimmy Reed. Hey, uh, 
So of the, <laughs> the of shittest villain ever. The worst. Uh, of the 87 who first took to the Wasatch Mountains, uh, 48 survived and several were mentally scarred. Mm. Uh, while others simply got on with life, as you'd expect from a generation that said shit like, oh, back in my day, uh, we trudged five miles through the snow to get to school and uh, ate people for breakfast. <laughs> uh, so you'd expect that from old, but they were old people strong, you know? Yeah. Uh, some remarried, some you know, uh, made new lives for themselves and yeah. some never got over it. Uh, the papers, not wanting to uh, scare people about the, the Western expansion, uh, only wrote small columns about it and, like, hid it in the sports section, uh, which was strange considering the age-old habit of sens- sensationalising uh, issues, which obviously still holds very much true to this day. Yep. Uh were you wondering uh, what happened to our good mate Lansford W Hastings? Yep the uh, the the central the central figure that never gets spoken about again. Mm, yeah, so uh, he he received death threats uh, once it got covered in the papers, uh, at least for a while. Anyway, uh, a guy actually confronted Hastings um, after reading all the reports and found out it was him and confronted him about it and and he said. He said to him, uh, mate, did you read this? Uh, you totally fucked over all these people with your stupid cutoff. Uh, and uh, the reaction, according to this guy, quote, was, of course, he could say nothing but that he was very sorry and that he meant well. That's uh, You're fucked, mate. There's a, th- <laughs> th- that does not at all make up for it. Pr- Kill yourself, let everyone eat you. Then, yeah. everyone, th- th- then you're square. Yeah, he, he actually lived to, uh, f- for the time, a ripe old age of 74. Oh, that's real old. Yeah, so that's, he... That's... that's he, he put with, in a, with, with inflation, that's like 110 now. Yeah, he uh, yeah, adjusted for Australian age in 2017. <laughs> uh, so that is the fucked up story of the, of the Donner Party, oh. uh, who, after being swindled by a ridiculous grifter, just got absolutely fucked over trying to take a shortcut. Yeah, and and everyone ate each other. Wow. Mmm. Protein. Well, well, Rig. I think you've really, uh, really raised the bar when it comes to we haven't had a cannibalism story yet, and now we've had <laughs> forty-eight counts of cannibalism. So I think that's our quota. Go hard or go home, mate. That's what I always say. That's our that's our quota for the show. Uh, that is all we have time for. Thank you so much for listening. Um, if you did want to get in touch with us and uh, provide only positive feedback uh, because we have very thin skins, um, <laughs> then you can find us on Facebook at Shit Show. Uh, on, if you'd like to subscribe on iTunes, that's the easiest way to get our podcast. Uh, that is uh, Shit Show with a, an exclamation mark instead of an I. Uh, or you can find us on Twitter. We are Shit Show Cast. Shit show cast because someone else's shit show podcast. Fuck them. Um, so, yep. Fuck them and eat their cause. <laughs> if there's, if you want to see things like us tweeting directly at Ja Rule, which has just happened, then, <laughs> then please follow us on Twitter. That is all we have time for. We will see you next week. Thanks, guys. Ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-ba-